This episode of the New Craft House podcast is sponsored by Faf. We use Faf sewing machines in all of our sewing and in all of our workshops, and they really are the best of the best. With everything from beginner machines like the Smarter Range to the Ambition machines that we use in classes to the top of the range creative icon, Faf have something for every sewist. Welcome to episode 22 of the New Craft House podcast. In this week's episode, I chat to my dad, who's been a very requested guest of the podcast. Um, some of you might have seen the unpickers that he made that we sold for charity. And recently we shared some of his leather work, um, particularly a backpack that he made me. In this episode, we chat through all of his hobbies, how he got started with leather work, why he loves making so much, and what he's got planned next. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Dad. <laughs> and where are you right now? Just a little bit of background. Uh, at the moment, I'm, uh, I'm down at the canal boat. I'm working on uh, my son's narrow boat, getting that ready for him. So Dad actually refitted my boat for me as well, and now my brother um, Tom is having he, one. So Dad works yeah. on that nine to five. Yeah, he got jealous, so he wants one now. Um, and what? When you're not doing the boat, what do you just spend your days doing? Um, all sorts of hobbies, really. I mean, we've got allotment we took out this year because of COVID, but and, and that keeps us quite busy. But really, I, I like to try all kinds of different arts and crafts. Um, so whether it's working in my shed, uh, I've got a a lathe in there. I've got the tiniest shed you've ever seen. Yeah, it's tiny. And it's you had to raise the ceiling, didn't you? Yeah, I had to raise the ceiling just so there's enough air in it to breathe. Um, <laughs> so I've got a little light in there and I've got the electricity in there and, and I can uh, I can turn and I can sand and I can drill in that. But only one thing at a time because I have to move all the tools around to be able to do that. <laughs> um, you are retired, so that's why he has all the time to do all these little bits. Yes, yes. Yeah, just retired. Well, I haven't noticed it yet. Um, yeah, because you've been on boat job since <laughs> uh, May. Since May, I've been working on this one, and it's nearly finished. Tom's coming to collect it on Saturday. And then you're free, back to hobbying. And then, and then Dobby's free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've put um, we this week we've listed levers on the line on the shop, and Dad has been messaging me on Instagram on WhatsApp, being like. Hannah, is there any leather left? Um, what about this one? There's all these ones I haven't seen. And then when I speak, spoke to mum on the phone, she was like, Dad's been going through the site looking at all the leathers that he hasn't seen before ever. Um, so that's mostly why we've got you on to talk about the leather work. Right, um, OK. But you are a man of very many hobbies. Um, I would like to know when you became, when you noticed you were becoming a hobby collector. Um, oh, gosh. Ever since I was a, a kid, uh, I've done it all my life. I've tried, I, I sort of find something new to do and finding out how to do it and having a go at it and and then going on from that. Once once I've done something, I'll move on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember in secondary school, I made a canoe because I thought, oh, that'd be good. I can have a canoe. So I got, I persuaded them for one on a Wednesday afternoon when you could choose what you're going to do. I said, can I make a canoe? I said, yeah, all right. So we started up making canoes. Um, and then when I've done that, I have to go at something else. And that, that's always been my problem. I can't stick anything to, <laughs> to get mastery. I just like 
it's the finding out. It's the trying something new that's interesting to me. Um, yeah, because that was my next question. Do you think you've sacrificed being truly great at something? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> because definitely. Because you move on too quickly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I just want to be have a go and see if I can do something, just to be a little bit competent, and then, uh, and then the learning curve sort of... It, it goes down a bit. Yeah, it goes down. It? It's exciting, but yeah. I think that, because like, when you first start something, you can actually learn quite a lot at it. Quite, yeah, quite a lot of new right. skills really quickly. So you like your ability goes up really fast, but then, then it really slows down. So yeah. I think that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. right way to, like, if you want to try out new stuff, you can collect a lot of knowledge well, quite quickly. Yeah, and for me, one of the interesting bits is that if you try something new, new then you've got to get new bits and pieces to make it work. <laughs> so there's a reason to buy new little tools and equipment and things. And, <laughs> and art tools and equipment are always really nice, aren't they? You know, you, you get some real yeah. feel to them. Um, and that interests me as well, I like doing that. Which means then you've got cupboards and drawers full of all this stuff. Yeah, which you don't need after you've finished. Yeah, I know someone else who does that as well, because we've got boxes and boxes of it at home <laughs> candle yeah. making lip balm lip uh, balm was my first business <laughs> i had four investors you were one of them nana was <laughs> i know i'm still waiting for a return on it <laughs> four investors of 20 pounds each yeah that's good better than lyle <laughs> um you so you've always enjoyed making things basically but then you did make another yes. canoe so why did you <laughs> why do you uh, that, that, that was well that, that, that was different the the other canoe was just it, a lot of these things are just happenstance somebody says i've got all these templates for a, a great big stitch and glue canoe and i, I don't want to throw them away give them here so we got, so i had those <laughs> um and then realized when you put it all together you can't fit it in a in a room so I had to go across two rooms and then outside the garden to build it uh, and in fact, I just met someone yesterday who was going along the canal here in a canoe, same as mine, but built out of the right materials, which makes it about a third of the weight. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't. So you carried it. You yours. lifted it up and carried it. You know. <laughs> which is why no one stole it from the front. Which is why no one garden. stole it. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely, because they can't lift it. <laughs> And it's why it doesn't go anywhere, because your mum can't even help you lift it onto the roof of the car to take it somewhere. <laughs> so I'll wait until I get a house with a lake next to it, and we can yeah, just... Wishful thinking. Yeah, absolutely. How did you get into leather work? Um, oh, gosh. I'm trying to think what started on it. I think I saw an article or I saw something somebody had made. Maybe the country fair, and I thought, well, oh, I wouldn't mind having a go at that. Are you sure and then it's when I not, started looking on it. Are you sure it wasn't that you saw New Craft House was uploading some leather? Do you know what? <laughs> I think it was. You said that you'd had a load of... That's right, you'd had a load <laughs> of leather come in as part of something that you had totally unexpected. Yep. And I said, oh, have you got any bits and pieces? So I had a look, then, then I started looking at what I could make with it. Because the best way of getting any bits and pieces of anybody is to give them an idea of a purpose that you've got for it. And then it was, if, if I make these things for you to show, then uh, that might be quite useful to you and good fun for me. 
Yeah, and we were initially um, trading or well, using leather as payment for unpickers. <laughs> That's right, I've forgotten that. Making unpickers. <laughs> well, that was another phase I went through, unpickers. Yeah, we're going to get to them later. <laughs> okay. So you saw this, so you saw the leather and then you thought... What can I do with it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not, not anything like that that's making things with your hands. I've always, yeah, I'd like to have a go at that. And so it then depends on whether you've got the materials and, and so on and, and the time. And I guess that's what, what started happening. I had a bit more time to do that. Um, and then when we were locked in, then that was perfect. Um, but it does make your hands hurt if you're not careful. Especially when you're hand sewing the whole time. Yeah. There's a limit to it, how much you can do. In each setting. Yeah. 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 I, I find it very therapeutic, though. I, I would sew while... Um, watching rubbish watching films. TV. Yeah, that's right, watching a film. That's right. When, well, I'm watching a rubbish film. That's right. <laughs> Something mindless. But I could do that. The only, the only time it, it really got uh, annoyed your mum was when uh, I needed to punch a few more holes. <laughs> to put on pause while I punch a few more holes. <laughs> um, so you got the leather from us. Yeah. And then what else? Because we've had quite a lot of people asking like what tools they need to get started. Because um, I think people are really excited yeah. about the possibility of making leather goods, but yeah. it's all different materials to what you need for um, dressmaking. And we're not that yeah. familiar with like the hardware and stuff. So if you were an absolute beginner and you wanted to try out a project, what would you? What would I need to get started? What things would you need? Um, but you get a cutting mat to start with. You need a cutting mat, a sharp knife. Mm-hmm. I, I actually do like the um, the little uh, roller knives. What do you call them? Rotary cutter. You know which, the rotary cutter. That's it. I think it's probably one of yours. Was that guy? But that's quite good. Um, it, once you start to do things uh, a little bit more complicated, or to try and do things with a better finish to them, then you need um, a thing that that cuts the edge on it, an edger. Uh, and I made the mistake of getting a, well, it was a starter set, uh, a cheap starter set online, a leather making kit. Uh, and I thought, well, that's quite good because it's got, it's got needles in it, it's got um, an awl, it's got an edger uh, and a groover. And, and actually, they're not very good, um, you know, very good quality at all. So as soon as you get them, you can't really do what you want to do with them. Mm. So you end up having to get them again. Um, you know, was it by cheap, cheap by twice? So yeah. you're much better off getting a decent one. No, you don't have to get a high-end one, but a, a reasonable um, edger to start with. But it is quite complicated. Um, I did buy one book, and I realised, actually, it, it was the stuff that was telling me in this one book. It was like a basic, what you need to know to get started in leatherwork. And it was very, very simple, and I didn't need it. I could find all that in 10 minutes just by browsing online or watching YouTube videos of people doing it. Mm. And that was, that was quite a good way of starting it. So you need, yeah, so you need a good knife. You need a, a, a good cutting mat, edger. Um, you will need things like um, edge die, and you'll need a slicker, which is like a, a smooth stick that you rub the edge of the leather, which en- ends up making it very, um, it closes up the fibres. So you get a lovely smooth edge to your leather and it's sealed. So it's a little bit more water resistant as well. Yeah. So th- th- those kind of things uh, are really what you need. And um, 
a stitch punch. Now, I did get a, the cheap set that I got with the, um, the assortment of tools had a, a set of punches in. Um, and they come in so you can punch two stitch holes, one stitch hole, four stitch holes, or six. Now, if you're doing a, like a bag, then you need something that does lots at the same time. Because not only does it speed it up, but it also helps you keep a straight line. Yeah. Put a nice straight line down the edge as well. Um, um, and, and that really... Oh, I made myself um, a stitch horse as well. That was good fun. What um, is a stitch so horse? Right, my question horse. about that was, you made a jig thing. What is it? What was yes, it? Yes, <laughs> that's right. It's like a kind of a jig. But it, basically, it's a clamp uh, that will hold the leather uh, so you can use both hands to sew. So you clamp it together. When using, yeah, you clamp, so you clamp it together. You've already punched the holes and you clamp it together and then you can just use both your hands for, because a lot of times you're using two needles and you pass needles through either side. So you mm. need your hands clear. And the, the stitch pony or stitch horse, call it, uh, you can have it so it's clamped on the table. The one I've got is you can, it's quite tall. So you actually, it's got a, a bar across the bottom that you put under your legs. So you're sitting on it and holding it and it holds it just the right height to work at. And that's the other thing that's important because it lifts it up. You're not, rounded over so you're not yeah. getting the backache um very often i would sit on the floor in front of the tv <laughs> with the stitch <laughs> <laughs> and do it like that because you can't use it on the the sofa because the sofa's too it's soft, soft. squidgy underneath it that's right it just wobbles all over the place oh god what so you just sat on the floor oh, well yeah or, or on a chair in the conservatory on a um, you know firm chair uh, rather than a but, if you're trying to do it sitting on on a sofa, the stitch horse, unless it's clamped to a table in front of it, isn't isn't right. It's not in the right position or anything. You end up you end up turning left and yeah. right. The other thing, you need to be in good light as well. That's what, well, that might just be my old eyes, but uh, definitely the light in the conservatory is brilliant for it. And if, if I'm working somewhere where the light's not very good, then I find I'm I'm working say from the left hand side, then I have to turn round. So the right hand side's in the light, you, do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you are trying to put your needle through to the holes that you've punched in it. The, so you made the the stitch pony? I made the stitch pony. I, I had a look online, somebody had a picture of one, I thought, yeah, I could do that. Um, so I had a go at making one of those. And it works very well, actually. Funnily enough, I had a spring. <laughs> in a, in a, I remembered, oh, I found one of those somewhere and I put it in a drawer and I, and I got that. And I literally I had a, a spring, a bolt, couple of pieces of wood and a little bit of leather to for the jaws and, uh, and it didn't take long at all to fasten them together do you think you'd need a stitch pony or could you like start leather work without one you could start leather work without one um, i found it very useful i have to say once i moved on um when you're working with bigger stuff you can't get them in a stitch pony so when i was making like the little card case and things that was great that held it nicer um, but once we're done doesn't have a bag, then it's quite difficult. You can't put it into the stitch mm. pony because you know, it won't fit in the jaws, and you're just continually turning it round. Yeah. You know, um, so I haven't used it since I moved on to other stuff. Um, but it depends, if you're working with something flat, basically, <laughs> that's what it is, um, and something like short, straight edges. But I have seen pictures of people using them um, for everything. Uh, but I, I would just 
sit there on lap now and, and sew in from one side, flip the leather over and sew in from the other side. Yeah. With a stitch pony, very, very often people put needles in and make needles well, cross. cross them over. Yeah, and cross them over, mm. um, which makes it very quick. But, I, yeah, I, I don't do that because it's... Uh, I'm not, speed, speed isn't my thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what needle and thread do you use? Oh, um, now I did get, well, it's wax thread. You want a decent wax thread. Um, I've got a number of different threads. Um, what is it? Is it cotton covered in wax? Some of them are linen, oh. um, but that's waxed. Um, but very often they're a, a nylon, um, okay. polyester. What, just um, it's stronger? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't yeah, yeah. degrade, I guess, as well. Well, it, the, the other thing about it is that when you're sealing it off at the end, so that's, that's what's different to um, sewing. With sewing, you tend to tie a knot in it or some way of fastening the end of the thread. With uh, leather, what you do is you melt the end of the thread. Mm. And so it seals against the other threads. Yeah. Um, and for that, the polyester is great. And so I did get a little zapper thing. It's got a battery in it, and you just press a button, and it, a little element in and heats up and melts the thing. <laughs> but a lot of people use, they cut it and then use a light, wave a lighter over it yeah. until it shrivels up. But um, I thought I'd better not do that. Anyway, I like the idea of the little gadget, the little electric thing. And it is good. <laughs> it is really good, actually. Um. So with the needles, how do you know what mm -hmm. size leather needle to use? Does that depend on what the project is or the leather? I don't know, actually. I've only ever... I've just sort of packet... I just literally got a packet of leather work needles. Um, and I think somebody uh, recommended... I think they're saddlers. Uh, you can get glover's needles, which are nice for the finer ones. And then I think the... I think it was saddlers for the uh, slightly larger ones. But I tend to use just the... Um, it looked like I've got a tri triangular pointed um, pointed end to them, almost like a triangular prism going to a point. Um, and they're the glovers ones. And that, those are the ones I use most of all because they're, they're quite Wait, thin. Saddlers. And, and glovers, glovers, I think. Okay. Yeah. But I, I'm guessing if I went to, if I was making saddlers, I'd have to go up to a much bigger needle. Wait, if you were making what? If I was making sort of like a saddle, something big scale, oh, right. then you'd have to go to you'd up it, really, because you'd use thicker thread as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other thing with the polyester thread is it, you want something that's rock-proof. Yeah, that's what so I So you want thinking, something yeah. that's got a bit of a shine to it, so it pulls through the leather easily. Um, mm. But it also it seals against the leather, um, so it's water, more waterproof and it's rock-proof. Um, and I think the, the polyester... Um, coated stuff is brilliant and yeah, at first I bought strong. little tiny rolls and I didn't realise how much you need and <laughs> you, you tend to because what you don't want to do is you don't want to be joining too many times so you want to put a, a longer piece on your needles that you can manage without getting in a tangle well when, when you're uh -huh. hand sewing and or doing like embroidery you generally yeah. do it as long as you're doubled up as long as your forearm because then then you don't have to re-pull it through again oh right okay you well i, I end up do it in one sometimes piece. yeah i would start off with it my full arm span oh really <laughs> what two yeah, arms yeah. two arms well don't yeah but don't forget you're straight away you're halving it because you've got two needles 
so it's then one arm span. So the thread Oh, you thread up the same... You thread a needle on each end of the same piece of thread. That's right. So then... So you've already halved it. And and so that's the maximum you can pull through. I have have even gone longer than that, so I've had to sort of pull and then pull again. (laughs) Because it soon goes down, and what you don't want to do is end up having to join halfway around the seam that you're doing, yeah? Like on the little notebook things, a couple of times I thought, ah... The last thing I want to do is put a joint. I'd just run out, and I was about six inches short of the, the finish in the, the sewing. And yeah, that's just a little lump. Yeah, yeah, you want another little lump you don't want to do. So you think, for the sake of another six inches of thread to yeah. start with, then you might as well uh, make it longer. So now I generally make it longer than I need, just as a matter of course. Um, what was your first project that you made? A little credit card holder. I think, and then I made passport holders. You got slowly is, bigger, actually. Yeah, which is actually, which is really not much use to anybody. The passport holders, no, no. you make one, and that's it. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then then quickly moved up to bags and um, book covers, journal, like yeah, book covers, covers, yeah, journals and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, ring fire. I tr- I got those fines to make your ring the thing. What do you call it? Filofax. Filofax, it? yeah. Yeah. Um, so I made a few of those and then I had to change. I got, I got a pattern from someone and I had to change pattern to uh, to modify it slightly to make it different sizes because trying to work out the size of the paper and the, the file stuff that you're ordering is quite difficult. <laughs> um, but yeah, then eventually went up to, to bags. <laughs> so would you recommend... Oh, I did a handbag very early, didn't I, as well? Oh, yeah, you made a handbag early on. But you've yeah, improved a lot a since then, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was very, very basic, yeah. It's a floppy bag, isn't it's it? It's a bit like, floppy, yeah. Yeah. I needed to either strengthen it or double double layer it or put some strengtheners in that, really. Maybe around the edges so it doesn't look so floppy. And then I made a, a, something with handles, a bag for Celia, the, the big handles. I've never done those before. Oh, yeah, That's weekend bag. A weekend bag, yeah. Uh, and then rucksacks and backpacks. And rucksack backpacks. Where are you finding your patterns? So the bag that Dad made me was a... You used the pattern for that one? Yes. Um, yeah. Where what are you that? finding uh, them? Just online. I, I found, well, I think I looked at um, um, Etsy, I found. So I now get everything about leather coming through on Etsy every day. <laughs> <laughs> it actually comes through to me about 10 o'clock at night, so just uh, I'd sort of wind up and go, whoa, that's another one I can do. <laughs> so definitely um, sandals and shoes are my next one. I want to have a go at those next. Oh, yeah. So that'll, that'll probably have a go at uh, that this, uh, this winter. Oh, yeah, I'm going to lend you um, that shoemaking book that I've got. Yeah, I have. Um, I've already um, got it. I can make shoes, Amanda. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get... it I gave it to you. Yeah, you go to me. Yeah, yeah, I've just ended up having a chance to do it, yeah. But I'll get on to that next. Um, so all the to- tools that you've mentioned, where yeah. did you buy them? Do you have a particular shop you'd recommend? Um, artisan Leather, very good. Um, they're, they're, they they turn things around really quick and they, the quality of the stuff's very good. Um, I, I think, where did I get... What's the other one... I got some from that shop near you, the big warehouse sort of place. Yeah, JT Bachelors. Uh, yeah, Bachelors. That 
that was good, but it's quite difficult to know what you're going to get. Um, yeah, you have to be very, very precise mind- about what you want. Yeah, absolutely. And the artisan leather is quite good at that. The, there's another website. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm off leather now. I'm on narrowboats. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably move on to something else next. I'm trying to remember. It's, it's, it's uh, about three months since I've looked at any of these things. But there were a, a couple of... I mean, I just looked online. I did have a look at, in the back of the book, that I, the first book I bought had a list of suppliers. Mm. And I went through those. But uh, I ended up with the, the one in Devon, which I think is artisan leather, was the best one. And I, I got some nice tools from them. And they weren't uh, too pricey either. Uh, I'd have to have a look and see what the other places are. I just yeah, have a look I'll get at them off you and then I can put them in the yeah, note with, with the podcast. Okay. Um, yeah. Where do you source your leather from? Um, <laughs> New Craft House is a very good supplier of leather. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you getting Not your... very reasonable rates in exchange for knitpickers, <laughs> stitch rippers <laughs> and, uh, and pens. Oh, and I've got those little magnet pin holder things to finish off. Oh, yeah, pin pebbles. Pin pebbles, yeah. Um, hardware, you, is that from Artisan Lever as well? Yes, yeah. Mm. Okay. And I've not really bought much in the way of finishes. I, I've got some edge coat, they call it, where, so you can dye the edge of leather so that it's, uh, it's darker, so it doesn't... Because very often if you cut, say you cut brown leather, then it might be a nice caramel brown then it's got a white mm. edge to it so you, you tend to dye that and like the blue credit card things i i dyed those with the blue one and so they've got got one there that you put on it and it also helps it to um a oil, oil i put on as well which helps to slick it to make it nice and shiny edged and sealed yeah so there's a few things like that but um i did get some oil finish and it was horrible it was like um had a petroleum base so you could smell it um so i never you know i don't think i'll ever use that um so yeah most leather finish that you use on shoes you could use as well beeswax or saddler soap to clean it and so on. but i've not really done that i've basically finished things and done the stitching bit and all the buckles and all the rest of it and then i've just handed it over and said you can finish it however you like <laughs> The unpolished. Well, I haven't done anything to my bag, and it still looks pretty brand new. No, that's that leather's got a nice finish to it already. You don't really mm. need to do anything to it, I don't think. Um, yeah, my, it... for your bag, I think I got the set of um, all the fixings, all the ironmongery for it, all the clasps and everything, all the buckles and so on. I got all those from the same people I got the pattern from because they do it as a set. Oh, and yeah. it, it all matches and it's all the right size and everything. Yeah, that's but quite nice, I, isn't it? it it's, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's easy um, because unless you can go in a shop and look at things, it's very difficult to know if you're getting exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, um, so I've got a little bucket full of <laughs> D-rings and <laughs> all kinds of little trigger clips and everything that really are not what I was expecting, but they're all right when I get around to making dog leashes. Oh, yeah, Twigs does actually need a new collar soon. Oh, right, OK. Put it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, about my bag, because we've shared photos of that so everyone knows yep. what it looks like, um, how yep. long did that take to make? Um, I made the the bag pretty quick, actually. I, I would say two or three days, not working all day, you know, a few hours each day. Um, cutting out 
basically it goes like this. You, you make your pattern, you cut your leather, and some people put it on paper on top and draw around it and then cut it all out or fasten it on with masking tape and then cut it all out together. I made a cardboard pattern. So I cut out my paper pattern, stuck it on cardboard. Well, I stuck it on first, cut it all out together. So I've got that pattern and I can do another one. And mm -hmm. I then punch all the holes on it on the pattern and then put it on top of the leather, cut the leather out, punch all the holes in the leather. And that takes quite a while, cutting out the leather, all the pieces, and then edging them all to get them all ready for, for assembly. It takes quite a bit of time. But it's, 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 it's not hard work. It, it's just repetitive. You're sitting there rubbing the edge of leather with a little wooden stick, you know, <laughs> while you're watching a rubbish movie um, or a daft series on Netflix. So that... To actually put it all together, uh, to, to cut it out and do it all, you could probably do it in about three days. Um, but then I had to wait for the hardware, do you remember? Oh, yeah. So it was, it was, it was like about a month later when I got, I got the uh, hardware, and, then I, and you need that to put the straps. Putting the straps together is quite easy. I had to get some little um, pressed punches, little tools for those little setters. Um, they're not expensive, but again, you've got to get the right size. Um, I think I've got a universal set, which is quite good. And it takes a bit of practice just doing it. Uh, but What's yeah, that, to do uh, the rivets? Yeah, to do the rivets, that's right. Mm. So there's lots of little bits to it. So things you have to learn how to do. So doing the rivets, um, the press the things, um, and also then making the buckles. How you, how you sew up the buckles and how you make the little yeah. tabs to... Yeah, and then to fit those on and everything, to strengthen those. And then there's cutting the holes, so little hole punch for... And cutting slots for the um, for the buckles to fit in, the pins to fit in. So all of those, they're little diff different techniques um, that you have to learn how to do. And the wise move would be to practice on a scrap piece of leather, but I've never really... That means <laughs> doing it twice, so. <laughs> Which means that, yeah, some bits have to do again, but... And I think you said to me before that that backpack needed like 10 square foot of leather. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, if you've got odd bits, then a lot of the pieces, so I'm, I'm, I've got a box with lots of tiny little scraps in and they look like they're rubbish to anyone else. But I, I know, well, that will make a strap. That will make a, a tiny little piece for, to fit a debuckle on. Um, yeah. So you don't throw anything away, really, until they're like little strings. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I've got... You end up with a large scrap box, a small scrap box, and little stringy bits, and then leather. What do you use the stringy bits for? Are you keeping them? Um, actually, uh, for tying things. So Because mm. the, the little bits of leather are very strong, aren't they? So if you're tying up bits and pieces, they're not quite useful. What are you tying up with them? <laughs> You have to wait until you see wait for Christmas, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a raggy doll. <laughs> a leather raggy doll. Oh, God, it sounds hard. No, the, um, I'm going to find a picture and put it on the show notes of that um, leather apron that you made about two years ago before he started doing leather work. <laughs> he got loads of old leather jackets that he had. He cut them up and you stitched them up and then he sent me a picture and it looked like yeah. something that Hannibal Lecter would have made. I know, I know, all I needed thing. was a leather mask with bars on the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
was so that horrible. Completely. It was like it was like all, lots of the leather had like stretched out and it was all saggy and the stitching was really big and it was just honestly the worst. It was a bomber thing. jacket, so it's good. but I thought I'd done it really nicely because it's got a pocket on the chest. There's a pocket on the arm of the bomber jacket. Oh god, it was horrible. With a little, where you could put your pens as well. And then I made you an apron. Yes, and we we. A tip for anybody else who's having an apron made. I wanted a nice big pocket on the front for putting things in. Um, and it was my mate who's a, an ex-design technology teacher. He said, hmm, that's going to be good, isn't it? And I said, what's that? He says, you wait till that fills up with sawdust. He's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> if you're on the lathe, it just, it just catches everything. So you really need to put a little flap over the top of the pocket or something like that to mm, keep the yeah. sawdust down. No, that's part of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, couple more oh. leather questions for you, Dad. Okay. Um, how do you know what thickness to use for different projects? Well, there are there are um, there's guidance, and I've looked at guidance, and then the problem I've got is I'm not ordering leather by thickness. I'm sort of going right. What's what Hannah got? What does it feel like? Well, yeah, what's Hannah's got? <laughs> <laughs> and then what can I do with it? So. It really, for me, it's when you look at it and you feel it, you think, mm, yeah, I think that'd be all right. But I've, I've made some howlers because I made stuff. I think I made a little credit card thing and it was just a floppy thing. <laughs> it's just really so soft. You, Fred uses that. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then it ended up with Fred did it, that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I made other things. I made a drum case, didn't it? You see, that, that, that leather was perfect for that. Yeah, drumstick. Um, holder. It was drumstick holder, yeah. Um, yeah, that's quite nice when you, you you think right. What can I make with this one? What will it? What will it, What does it suit? Um, but I do know that some of the things are stiffer than so that orange leather you've got. That I made a bag out of. Um, it means because it's slightly thicker and stiffer than it probably should be, then the corners stick up, don't they? The um, same as my blue one. Yeah, but I quite yeah, like that. Yeah, blue one. Yeah, yeah, they do a bit. But but the orange one, it sticks up even more. Oh, does it? So. Uh, yeah, so for Jack's bag, I made it longer that bit so to give more of a chance for it to oh, roll. So you can and roll also it down. He, yeah, and so he could put it. So it's got a larger pocket in the back for his um, tablet or his computer. Yeah. He wanted that to fit in there as well in the back pocket. But and yeah, so I've not really done the bit of choosing leather um, by thickness, but I, I think that would have to be experience because I've looked on channels and they talk about different leather and so on and, and it's boggling um but you can find stuff that says for this you need such and such but they talk about weights they the ounces yeah and the ounces and so on um but i've not i've not got into it like that similar to fabric that, i guess that, like... that's that's starting to sound like mastery and i don't do mastery <laughs> <laughs> um how do you know whether a hide is good quality or do you also not think you know? <laughs> well, actually, some no. I have noticed uh, that some hides, some pieces uh, are thin in patches and thicker in others. Different parts of the animal, both parts of the skin. But but then that makes it difficult because you end up cutting round certain pieces. And some bits so stretch I, a bit more, and and some are stretchier. That's right. Um, and they're they're very very different to work with. That orange leather, the um, new book is so strong it's really really tough to sew it uh, takes some getting your needles through what tougher than um, the um than the blue the navy yeah oh yeah it is it's, 
really is a strong letter. Now, because I remember when they, it, it was all the rage when Newbot first was introduced that people had Newbot trainers um, mm. and they were making football boots and things out of it because it's so strong. Um, but it, I'd never handled it like that. And yeah, when you're sewing it, you really, you do realise how tough it is, but so soft. Yes, yeah, so soft. So it's really that's, supple. That's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely to work with. Um, the, blue, the blue leather, the smooth blue was really nice to work with. And that um, embossed leather that your bags made up, that was really nice to work with. Um, um, that's, yeah, the navy. Navy full yeah. grain cowhide is what my bag's made out of. Yeah, yeah, okay, thanks for that. <laughs> yes. You just put, that's you just pointed at it in a photo. Oh, right. <laughs> and said, okay. send me that one. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, that looks good. I must have a good eye for leather. <laughs> um, are you going to go back to leather after you finish the boat? Yes, yeah, will do. I mean, it's a perfect one for cold winter evenings. Um, that's really nice to just uh, sit inside and... Cut, cut some stuff out and just quietly do it. I like doing things. I get to, after I start doing it, I can't sit there and just watch TV and do nothing. <laughs> I feel like my hands need to be doing something. Um, so to start with, I'll go and work in the shed and catch up with some of the woodwork and do a few bits and pieces. I've got to start making Christmas presents anyway soon. Oh, yeah. um, um, and then and then I'll uh, work on leather in the evening. So woodwork in the day, leather in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> you probably all know that we are huge fans of faff machines we use them in all of our workshops and when we're sewing at home on our boats so what do we love most about them they're super smooth to sew on with a sleek design and their iconic idt system essentially a built-in walking foot makes handling all types of fabric a dream we honestly couldn't sew what we do without them get in touch with us if you fancy a machine upgrade or if you'd like to know more about any of the models so dad made a few batches of unpickers that we sold and all the money went to charity and it was quite amazing because we raised like I think in total close to two thousand pounds for charity um from unpicker sales and we get a lot of requests messages being like are the unpickers ever coming back because they sold out really quickly um and we brought them back for the last lot we did we did do a pre-order so we were hoping that everyone who wanted one got one um yeah but yeah, are they coming back? <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite happy to do some more on pickers, yeah. Um, yeah. It's quite a nice thing to do, actually. Maybe after Christmas we could have a li- one la- one more little batch of unpickers. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I, whenever you want. I'm quite happy to do them. <laughs> um, and then what the, tell us about the pin pebbles. Uh, right, the pin pebbles. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Hey, that was good, though, because it got me a new lathe attachment, a new chuck for my lathe because I was having trouble holding a piece of wood to make those. but uh, So that was a really good excuse for getting that, and that, it's brilliant. So basically, what I do is I cut a, a disc of wood um, and then slice it in half um, and put uh, magnets inside, glue it back together, and then turn it so it's lovely and smooth and round so that you've got a magnet inside a piece of wood on which you put your pins or your needles or whatever you... Yeah. And that'll stick on the top. And if uh-huh. I do it right, you, you've instructed me to do it with the dip on the top and then they sit in a nice circular yeah, they with the heads put, all sticking outwards. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> um, and we did, Stop well, we did, that. you did quite a few prototypes of different shapes. So now we've got like our preferred shape. So at some yeah, point we'll okay. do a charity batch of pin pebbles, maybe. 
Yeah, yeah, I've got a few of those already already glued up, ready to turn. Have you? We had a bit yeah, of a nightmare with the magnets, but we've got them right now. Yeah, we've got the right size magnet and the right strength. Yeah, we made that. I made some when you put, and it held like two pins. Two pins. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the unpickers. Yeah. Were they hard to make? No, I mean, it, I've got lots of offcuts of wood. I mean, I've got even more after the stuff we took out of Tom's boat. Um, so yeah, it, it's cut, cutting the wood to the right dimensions and then um, drilling a hole, and that. That was the hard bit for me, was drilling a hole through the centre because I hadn't got the right tool to hold it. But now I have. <laughs> With my new chuck attachment, I can hold the square of wood um, and drill into it. Um, and that, that means it's a lot more accurate, so I've not got so much wastage. And then it, it's a kit then to, um, to glue the tubes inside and then turn, put them back on a, a mandrel, they call it, a little thing that holds the stick of wood with a brass insert. You hold that and then turn it. Uh, and the first ones I did, I, I was dead keen on doing some nice fancy shapes and things. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were but quite that, wild. Yeah, you said one of them looked like a honey dipper. Yeah, they all <laughs> <honey> did, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> So then we realised that actually you, you want sort of like a, a narrower cigar shape, really, don't you? Almost like a torpedo shape. It works quite nicely. And you've got to get just the right dimensions for the stitch, the, the bit on the end to fit in nicely. Um, so yeah, and then it's polishing. And I've, I've, now I've worked out the best polishing method because I was trying all kinds of different things to get a good finish on them. But you really want something that's going to put a, a nice shine to it without taking away the fact that it's wood. So I don't want to put a lacquer on it that's going to mm. make it feel like plastic. Because you know, there's, there's all sorts of stuff when you go into pen turning and wood turning like that, all the different kinds of finishes that people put on it. But some of them are they're just so shiny. And the idea is they 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 don't react to fingerprints, so you don't get all it start to dull with fingerprints. And so people put kind of an acrylic lacquer on top, but it does look quite fake. It yeah, looks not like nice. it's plastic. You're not careful. Yeah. So I wanted to keep the wood, and I, I've got lots of bits of wood, um, some really nice different kinds of wood to make things out of. So that that was fun for me for just trying out what the different woods are like and how they uh, how they polish up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe we'll be revisiting Unpickers 2022. Unpickers 2022? Okay, I'll, I'll start cutting some blanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did actually make a bag full of blanks. I've forgotten all about this. I've still got a bag of blanks ready to go. Oh, really? What? And then the order uh, stopped? Because I thought, right, I'll bloody sort this out. <laughs> so I, got the, <laughs> I did like a two days of cutting blanks from all these pieces of oak I've got and ash and some of the more exotic woods. So I've got those all ready <laughs> for when you come up with your next order and it all ain't quiet. <laughs> so that's all right. So ahead of the game. <laughs> Do you know what your next hobby is going to be after leather? Oh, that's a good one. Well, or shoemaking. Shoemaking, yeah, but that's leather again, isn't it? But uh, I think I'd still like to do a bit more felt and then I want to have a go a bit more um, willow weaving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I still want to go on a basket making one, I'm especially on a, a, a blacksmith one to oh, no. make, make a knife. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah, and we're going pottery, cool. aren't we? We're, we're doing, doing a pottery a, thing. Yeah, pottery weekend. But you, and I think you should get into ceramics, actually. I know. I've got a kick wheel at my friend's house, but <laughs> I've got nowhere to put it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah maybe I'll do that. 
in the conservatory, just make it a craft moment. You just turn it into a hobby room. Mama yeah, already that. taken over one room. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, have you ever thought about making clothes? Uh, no, actually, I haven't. Funnily enough. No, never, never thought about making clothes other than <laughs> a fancy leather aprons. <laughs> I did make clothes. I have made clothes in the past. I made all our fancy dressing up outfits. (laughs) You made me a rat costume one year. No, the best one I made was the Piero costume I made for Tom. I lay him down and drew round him and then cut it out, stitched up, and he couldn't bend his legs. (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't take a step. It was brilliant. Um, Your mum was a quilter, my nana. Yep. Um, Yeah. Do you do you think you got your craftiness from her? Maybe. Yeah, I remember. I remember her drawing when I was younger, uh, and she would. She went to a ceramics class. I remember her going that and painting and things like that. So I'd, I remember her doing that. Um, so probably, yeah. Um, yeah, because she she had loads of different. She had tried loads of different hobbies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. She tried all sorts of things, but also did lots of um, food based projects. Yeah. So, like, uh, well, I'm trying out different recipes, but different health kind of things as well. So she had a go at a few of those. So that that's the other thing I will do is I'll go back to herbalism. I'm, I'm, we've dried up lots of flowers. I've got lots of marigolds dried. Oh, so natural dyeing? Well, I've got the stuff for natural dyeing. I've got lots of dyers plants going now. But uh, I've also collected up marigolds, not just for dyeing, but for um, making some uh, calendula cream, hand cream. Mm. So I've got mum to put on the order some coconut oil and some olive oil on the next order. So, so I can have a go at making some infused oils and um, some salves, some balms. So that might be an next Christmas present. It might be a wooden pot with balm in it. Literally a balm pot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's a great present. What is isn't it? <laughs> that's a, a West Midland term for... A numpty, you a balm, balm pot. pot. A useless article. <laughs> oh, that's what it is, a useless article. But You've called me no. a balm pot many times in my life. Yes, that's right. You thought it was a useful thing. A balm pot. Um, Dad, we ask all of our guests what does sewing mean to you? So for you, what does making mean to you? Oh, um, I, I love doing it. It's just creative. I like making new things. And I think, yeah, if I couldn't do that, I think, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't like just watching people do things. I like doing things myself. I like trying things out. And I think that'd be really difficult, actually, when I... When, I, when my hands finally give up and I can't make anything, <laughs> that would be real awful. <laughs> um, do you think you enjoy the process more than having the thing at the end? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I've, I I made myself a rucksack and I, I just put it in the corner. I've forgotten all about it now. <laughs> and it's, I'm thinking... I don't know when I'll use that, really. I can't see a reason for that. I might give that to Tom. <laughs> but it's better if it's out there being used, isn't it, really? I think. So, uh, yeah, definitely, the, the process. And, uh, and it's quite nice to make presents. Uh, I quite like you say other people get use out of it, handmade presents. 
So My whole home is, is handmade by you. <laughs> yes, My wooden spoons yeah. are made by you. My little stools oh, yeah. are made by oh, you. Spoons? I need to go back to making some spoons as well. We'll <laughs> try them. Some shrink pots. Oh, I don't go, oh yeah, I've forgotten all about that. See, <laughs> so it comes back round again. <laughs> to get all the tools out. I've got chisels. I've got promises of chisel. I've used for ages. <laughs> um, but, and what are you going to be making next? After the you finish the boat? Um, I'll probably go into the shed. I'm, I'm going to be making some smoking men. Um, the little yeah, wood smoking men, the little incense burners. Yeah. So, we've got all these things for those two. And I've got some a coffee grinder I want to make. And, um, because I've dried some coriander, so I'm thinking it might be quite good in a pepper mill. So, I've got pepper mills to make as well. And I've got to see if I can put the coriander in that and see if that works. Sounds great. Yeah. These are all my future Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah, I've got birthdays coming up soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Tom's getting a boat for his. <laughs> I'll get a coriander mill. You'll get a coriander mill, yeah. Well, thank you for coming on and telling us a little bit about your leather-making journey. Okay, all right. your crafting journey. You better get back to the boat. Can I, can I ask you a question? Yes. Are you paying me for this cast in leather? <laughs> yeah, we get one small, one small hide. Okay, all right. <laughs> Deal. All right. All right. Bye, Dad. See you later. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our chat. We hope you enjoyed it, and thank you to Fab for sponsoring and to Fred for editing. See you next week. Yeah.